today on CityCast Chicago. Obviously, this is my favorite podcast, but when I'm not listening to Jacoby singing or grilling our city officials, I tune in every week to an improvised fantasy podcast based right here in Chicago. It's called Hello from the Magic Tavern, and I've got two of the co-hosts here to break down what happened in the city this week. It's Friday, May 13th. I'm Simona Licea, in for Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. I am just really thrilled to have the co-hosts of one of my favorite podcasts, Hello from the Magic Tavern, Arnie Niekamp and Matt Young. Welcome to CityCast Chicago. Hello. Thanks for having us, Simone. Yeah, we're really excited to be here. So for listeners who maybe don't know, Arnie, could you explain what is Hello from the Magic Tavern? What's the concept? What's it about? Well, it is a fully improvised comedy chat show set in a magical world. Basically, I play a fictionalized version of myself. And the premise is I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago. If since you're from Chicago, dear <laughs> listener, you would know that it's you maybe would know the Burger King at the intersection of Irving and Clark. It's a very specific Burger King. Right. I fell through that dimensional portal into the magical land. I still get a Wi-Fi signal from the Burger King through the dimensional rift. And I use that to upload a podcast where I interview kings and centaurs and magical creatures along with my co-hosts, one of which is a wizard named Usador, played by Matt. I am Usador, wizard of the twelfth realm of Ephesius, master of light and shadow, manipulator of magical delights, devourer of chaos, champion of the great halls of Tarrakis, known to the elves as Fianyalak, known to the dwarves as Zonin and Hookstangis, and known in the northeast as Gaswanius Maystar. Since Arnie comes into this magical world, and instead of going on a big adventure, starts this podcast, he's the fish out of water, he doesn't know anything, so he's interviewing all the sort of a magical, amazing things you could meet in a fantasy world, but then creating a podcast, literally like a podcast that he sends back to Earth. Uh, and I play Usador the Wizard, uh, who is a bombastic, pompous, uh, past his prime wizard who kind of, uh, but also has all the knowledge of the world. So anytime Arnie doesn't know something, uh, part of the fun of the improv of it is we get to make up whatever it is. And then those things we make up become canon. So basically... Uh, you know, along with our guests and our other co-hosts, Adler Fi, uh, we create this world as we're improvising it. And then we're stuck with all the things that we created. <laughs> and Adel plays uh, a a shapeshifter who yes, is who's usually a, a badger. badger. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's a lot of fun. I have to say, you know, one of the uh, this is maybe the silliest thing I've ever said on mic. When I um, moved <laughs> oh. back. <laughs> When I so so as you mentioned, Arnie, the, the Burger King, where the portal mm -hmm. is that you fell through is a real place. When I moved back to Chicago last year, one of the first things I did is I made a little pilgrimage to the Burger King on Clark and uh -huh. Irving and went to the drive through because it just tickled me. The idea that like, this is where the portal is and like, like just crossing your fingers that maybe you'd go through. It's waiting for your Hogwarts letter, right? It's the same concept. Right. There's like, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're, it's, but, but I, I, I wondered, I was like, is that a thing that like other fans did? And were they harassing oh, yeah. the Burger King employees? Well, hopefully they don't harass the employees. I think mostly they like to go to the Burger King and take a picture and post it on social media. One thing I've noticed on the podcast, we really love to blur the line. Like the fun of it is having the real world intrude into the fantasy world. So our characters are on Twitter you know, listeners email in to the wizard and a talking badger and get answers from them. But also I noticed unprompted by us, 
apparently there are Yelp reviews for specific Burger Kings. I, oh I don't know why that. I don't know why that exists anyway. But this Burger King, people will frequently add things to the Yelp review of that Burger King, being like, "Had a great time." accidentally fell through a dimensional portal behind the place <laughs> uh but had uh, some great ale and and like and people just keep doing that it's it's so funny to me i love that that that, that was the thing i always loved too was sort of the the that's really the thing that i think really hooked me um and you all recently just celebrated your seventh anniversary you've been doing this podcast yeah. for seven years i mean there's long form improv and then there's seven years of a continuous <laughs> setting and podcasts and characters i mean favorite characters that you've interviewed on the show? I would say that there are moments that I remember more than specific people. Sure. Like, sure. Uh, I like having Jason Manzoukas on the first time was really exciting and fun because he's a, a get and he's super right. funny and super talented. But the thing I actually remember from that episode is like when he and I started counting, going up and down the steps. Like it was just this dumb, silly game. <laughs> steps are no problem for me. I can go up them just as much as I can go down. I'm pretty great at stairs. Oh yeah? So am I. Care to stair battle? Yes, I challenge thee to climb these <laughs> stairs. One. One, two, two, three, three four, four, five, five six, six, seven, seven eight, eight. Arnie, this is our podcast. Nine. This Nine, is our podcast. Is? Ten. Ten. How did this get made? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm having fun with Jason Manzoukas right now. And it's like those moments. And we get so many of those moments with so many of our guests. Uh, I really love, you know, I love when we have like the opportunity to have great Chicago improvisers come on. So, you know, like TJ Jagodowski as like a very working class skeleton who works in a dungeon. We had Dave Pasquese, the sort of a uh, actor who is also an improviser, but it was very funny when we had him on. He was like, look, I don't know anything about Dungeons and Dragons. I don't want to know anything about Dungeons and Dragons. And he but he ended up having a great time. Um, but also we've had like wrestlers. Colt Cabana mm -hmm. was was great. Uh, Corey Doctorow. We we had David Plotz on a live yeah. show. Like that was yeah. one of my one of my favorites because I was just David a, Plotz, a the, the CEO of CityCast. So my exactly, boss. <laughs> yeah. Now we're doing something that's completely different from that. Um, CityCast Chicago mm -hmm. is maybe the the exact opposite. Uh, <laughs> but we would love to look back on the week in Chicago with the both of you. Arnie, what was the biggest story in your world this week? Well, you know, obviously we come from the world of improv in Chicago, so I'm always kind of like hyper fixated on that a little bit. There was uh, quite a bit of news this week coming from the sort of big improv institutions, uh, Second City and IO Theater. IO closed down permanently early in the pandemic, uh, and the theater and the uh, quote unquote brand were eventually sold uh, to some local real estate executives. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's sad that there's just during the pandemic, this city is chock full of improvisers for right. better or for worse. And they just didn't have pla places to perform or as many, but there've been rumblings uh, that the, the IO is going to open back up this summer. Uh, they recently announced their leadership team uh, and they seem to be getting all their permits in order. It sounds like classes may be starting soon and hopefully shows uh, before too long after that. Now, Second City, now it's funny, Second City and IO both sold, like right. I think within a week of each other uh, early on in the pandemic. Uh, Second City sold to like a 
venture capital firm out of New York. And they, they've been back and doing shows for a while. But this week, uh, they announced their new artistic advisory board. Uh, and according to the press release, Stephen Colbert handpicked the 15-member board, yeah. which is full of, of pretty impressive celebrities from different Second City eras. Tina Fey, mm -hmm. uh, Keegan-Michael Key, Tim Meadows, Catherine O'Hara, Sam Richardson, Robin Thede, like really impressive. Although I have to like, what, like, what are they, what are they going to do exactly? It, it is, is a, a question that I don't really know the answer to, but it's still cool. Yeah. I don't think anyone knows the answer yet. We actually had the chance to talk to Stephen Colbert last year. Um, and we, we Ooh. asked, we asked him about, you know, cause at that point we, you know, it was announced that he, that he was going to be on this new board and we sort of asked him like, you know, what is the vision? What is the, what's going on here? And at the time it was sort of a, we didn't get a super specific answer <laughs> about, um, you know, wanting to kind of just, just keep it as an institution. But the other thing that's worth noting is both IO and second city also were facing criticism around mm -hmm. diversity and around um, there were sort of questions about the improv scene in Chicago and whether it was a welcoming scene or a more toxic scene. And um, leaders at both of those institutions sort of were facing criticism in, on top of the sort of pandemic closures. And mm -hmm. um, Colbert told us, you know, that that was certainly something they're looking at, something they want to work on. They want to, you know, they want to make sure that that second city is a welcoming place. But yeah, I still think there's a lot that kind of remains to be seen and that we that we don't know what that new future is going to look like. Absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up. Like both theaters really were honestly doing a bad job. We're like failing at at sort of having the diversity they they should have and just just the just being a welcoming enough place for everyone and it is sort of a shame that like basically instead of that getting sort of more sort of litigated i guess both both theaters essentially just turned around and sold closed down right, and sold right um and it does seem like at the very least at first glance io's new leadership team seems to be significantly more diverse than the last one but it's still like a very big open question I, I'm curious, you know, as, as folks who've been in the improv scene for a long time, I mean, is that something you've witnessed, noticed, heard from other improvisers? Uh, and and what would you want to see change by by these two really big institutions? I feel like I've been trying to listen and learn more as I've I've been a part of those institutions, not not so much Second City, but more I.O. since, you know, basically 2001. And for me, it was a great experience, but I am, you know, a, a white guy in my 40s. <laughs> <laughs> so like there was this long period where it's like a, a new team would get made and it'd be eight guys, one girl, nine guys, one girl. And then it got to the point where like the first team Arnie and I were on together back way back in 2002 uh, was four men, four women. And it's and it was revolutionary. <laughs> I mean, like that's the, at least the way the leadership acted about it. And we were like. I, I think in some ways that people were like, well, we're making progress, but it wasn't enough progress and it wasn't fast enough. I look back on that some ways and I think like, how could I have been more responsible for that? And how could I have done more to help and been a better ally? And I, I think, honestly, I, I failed at that. But the leaders need to then address those issues and 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 bring in that diversity and, and make it a priority instead of pointing to the examples of 
people who had come up who uh, were of different backgrounds and saying like, well, we've got these people. We're fine. You know, like Mm -hmm. that was Mm -hmm. always sort of the response that felt inadequate. But the good news is Second City has put together a poster with 15 famous faces on it, which is one (laughs) of the things that they do best. So I'm sure that the solutions are right around the corner. Uh, this money at, at the very least right around the corner, mm-hmm. if not, yeah. if oh, not yeah. solutions. <laughs> um, Matt, what was the biggest story in your world this week? Well, there's been a lot of bad news in the country and, and in Chicago. Uh, so I wanted to focus on something good. Uh, and that's that Penske Truck Company has okay. announced that Chicago is one of the top 10 places to move to again. After seven oh. years, there's been a seven-year break, and now people are coming back, and they figure this out by um, by tracking how many one-way trucks they rent, uh, which I just thought was kind of a silly metric of that, because that doesn't mean people are necessarily moving here. I mean, it probably does more often than not, but, you know, and honestly, I think there are so many cool things that are happening in the city, and there's so much that's wonderful about Chicago that I'm I'm always bummed out when it gets, like, such a a bad reputation for all the wrong reasons, as you guys often, you know, talk about. And uh, it was like, oh, okay, well, this is a nice thing. People are, people are coming back to the city. I love this. I, you know, this I, companies kind of do this while they're kind of take a point of data in that they sort of know really well, and maybe it says something locally. I, I have feel like I have to be the. <laughs> I, 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 I hate this because I have to say, you know, the census data shows that Chicago is actually one of the few really large cities that's been regularly losing population over the oh, last Oh, is that true? Years. Yeah. Um, and uh, the 2020 census data shows us that that remains the case, um, uh, that there are a lot of people, that there's still a lot of people who are moving out of the city. Um, but that said, it's 2022. We're two more years out. Maybe... You know, we know the housing market's really hot. If we've got more people moving here by truck, I hope so. I certainly hope that that's the case. I, you know, I chose to live here and I think Chicago is a great city. So I usually try to trust Penske as a source. On all... <laughs> I mean, it's where I get all my news. Oh, yeah. sure. Absolutely. Don't <laughs> the, trust the Hertz, Pens- though. Hertz doesn't. They, they, their no. press releases. You haul Hertz. None of that nonsense. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> Penske all the way. That's the only reliable <laughs> Only reliable truck newsletter to to read. I have no. I idea do love the. I, I do love it when brands are just like, you know what? I think our unique experience has given us some revelation about what's going on in the world. And it's like <laughs> we at Axe Body Spray have discovered that Chicago is whatever they would they would know. Probably I don't want to know what they would know about us. I I think we're being a little dismissive of Axe Body Spray. I mean, they could have they could have all sorts of data about like college guys who are trying to figure out what they're all about you know like they probably have a lot of data on that maybe they could release their list of the top 10 most desperate cities (laughs) well thanks for that matt again i hope it's true i hope more people are moving to chicago i want i desperately want that to be true and maybe maybe in 10 years the census data will show that we're we're back on the upswing Um, i'll keep an eye on it and report back to you okay our our census correspondent matt young Matt, sticking with you, what's a story that you'd like to bring some more attention to? Oh, well, uh, what I need to tell you about is what's happening at Shedd Aquarium. 
they've got a new fish. The lump suckers are at Shed Aquarium, mm. and they are these weird, weird fish who are bad at swimming. They're covered with teeth, and they have a big suction cup on their stomach. They they look like these weird little, like almost like a golf ball, uh, and they've got these they're, teeth. They're adorable. They're very cute in their own weird way, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, but they like apparently they attach onto things because they're not good at swimming, so they just kind of stay still for a long time. And they protect their eggs. The males protect eggs for like eight weeks or something like that. Yeah, go to shed, check them out. I just like to imagine families being like, "What are we going to do this weekend?" And being like, "Well, I heard the shed has some lump suckers, <laughs> so I think it's time we go back." Apparently, too, that the name lump comes from the little teeth and suckers from you know the suction cups, so. It's not the most creative name ever. So, uh, yeah, go and go and give them a better name. That's what I'd say. Like, just figure out which one's Phil, which one's Amanda, you know, which one's uh, Devon. Just just name them all. Like, it's kind of its main appeal is it's got a sort of strange name. Like, it, yeah, it's pretty evocative, <laughs> especially these days. I feel more and more like a lump sucker myself. Like, I, I can identify with a lump sucker, I think. <laughs> I I feel that. Arnie, what's a, what's an underhyped story, a story you want to bring some more attention to? Okay, this is a maybe a little bit of a strange pivot. A uh, little bit of a, a story that is maybe a little underreported. Uh, COVID, just like uh, IO is coming back, COVID is coming back to mm. Chicago. Mm. Uh, nearly 900 COVID cases per day reported, a 24% increase since last week. Uh, the Sox game was postponed because of COVID. Um, the, the good news is that it's still being classified as medium risk, but people are being, uh, encouraged to wear masks, but not required that always, I feel right. like every article then has to be like, but not required, uh, but we can't, but we can't say required sort of anecdotally. I feel like I n- currently know the most people who suddenly have COVID, like a friend was visiting town and, and I was on a text thread. He was like, I'm in town. Does anyone want to get dinner? We can get dinner outside someplace. And 50% of the people in the text said were just casually like, ah, oh, sorry, I have COVID right now. So unless they're just trying to get out of dinner, which is possible. <laughs> uh, that could be a thing. No, I, I totally I totally see that. It's worth noting, too, the Sox game postponed because of COVID cases on the Guardians specifically, but um, mm, that's uh, true. On, on that team. But still, you know, as you said, um, it's it's a really concerning rise. I know it's something we at City Cash Chicago were talking about kind of all the time, and sometimes it feels like too much. But at the same time, it's it's. I think we're at a weird point in the pandemic where I I guess maybe we're not talking about it anymore, or do we care? Or like it, it, it it's a uh, I, I don't know. It's always really frustrating and, and hard to talk about. And you see these signs. You know, businesses are supposed to have these signs. It's like mass strongly recommended, but what? If you're not requiring them and you made a big deal about not requiring them. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's tricky because there is a certain level of. It sounds like we're talking about resignation. <laughs> there's mm. there's a mm-hmm. sense that we've resigned ourselves to this is just what it is, which probably is just exhaustion from the last two years. But like realistically, we do need to be diligent about these things. Years ago, I was on a trip. Uh, on a vacation and I was going to go whitewater rafting and it started raining. It rained a lot. And I was like, Oh, I guess maybe I'm not going to get to go whitewater rafting. It's something I'd never done before. And the, the person at the whitewater rafting place, like it sort of stopped raining and they looked at the, they looked at the rapids 
for a long time. And then they said, okay, yeah, you know what? Yeah, it's good. It's within the safe uh, level. And I remember being so excited, being like, yes, my uh, my adventure got saved. And then I almost died while whitewater rafting, <laughs> realizing, and I learned an important lesson that just just safe enough is really close to not, <laughs> to not safe. safe. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's a really good way of putting it, I think. I, I, yeah. I never really, I, I had never quite heard it put uh, uh, so succinctly. And I, I really like that analogy a lot. You know, one one story that I wanted to get your guys' take on. Did you guys hear last week about the Chicago uh, campaign? No, what's this? Oh, I love this. No, so sounds last... like a Portman too to me. So I'm excited oh, about that. Oh, it is. Oh, it is. Last week, Mary Lori Lightfoot announced a line of canned water, hmm. and the idea is to it, the cans all have designs by local Chicago artists, and the idea is to promote. Lake Michigan and the city's water infrastructure, uh, which, as you can imagine, was met with lots of snark <laughs> from Chicagoans, <laughs> our team sure. included, uh, about why on earth, uh, you know, as far as marketing ploys by the city. Uh, well, I just looked it up, and the can design is, is is really good, actually. So, if they're supporting artists, I'll, I'll give them I'll give them a little bit of credit for that. Um, but uh, like, what is the what is the hope of the whole campaign then? To just say like, "Yay, Michigan drinking water!" Yeah, that's you. You've nailed it. That's that's the huh. idea. I think when you were explaining it to me, my reaction is, and how many times has this sentence been said? I was with you until you said Lake Michigan, and then I was <laughs> like. It's like, this is great. Yeah, I'll have a can and can of drinking water. It kind of makes sense. And local artists, fantastic. Uh, but I don't know. I'm I'm sure it's I'm sure it's perfectly safe. But there's something about it that uh, gives me pause. A couple people also brought up the fact that, you know, Chicago still has like the most lead pipes of any mm-hmm. major U.S. city. So you want to talk I about safe drinking water? Didn't Biden a- address that this week, though? I heard that he was going to he, had, he one of his statements while he was in town was he was going to talk about. Look, I got that Penske story, but I do know what Biden's <laughs> doing. So um, I think I think part of the infrastructure thing, he at least name checked it. I don't know sure. if it was like an actual I- like. I, and I I've heard it's... that Second City put together a poster of 15 celebrity faces <laughs> that is going to solve this. Solve the lead water. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I so, so like I said, lots of snark, lots of skepticism. But we did get a voicemail from a listener who mm. had a slightly different perspective. Hey, CityCast. This is Mark uh, in Oakland. Anyway, I heard you on the pod today talking about the Chicago. And uh, actually, I'm a big fan. And I'll tell you why. Uh, so my dad grew up on a farm um, in Adams County, and anytime we'd go and visit my grandparents, we had to bring our own drinking water. Um, their tap water was well water, and it was nasty. I mean, just disgusting. Like, my grandmother lived down there her whole life. Even she never got used to it. She wouldn't drink it. Um, so when my dad first moved to the area, uh, after he and my mom got married, they lived in Mokina. And his first question to the realtor when they were looking for a place was, do you get Chicago drinking water? Well, and Mark makes a good point. A lot of people rely on, you know, the public water that that we get. So I don't know that it needs a, a campaign to support it because it already comes to your taps. Uh, so I will continue to disagree with him on that point. But um, 
but you know, uh, in terms of like, you know, equity and, and, and fairness in, in, in our society, like we, there, that's one of those things we take for granted, you know, is like that some people have access to high quality drinking water and, and some people don't. Uh, worth noting to you that the cans are free. You don't have to pay for them. They're available at various cafes and restaurants. They're like free. Circle. They are free. So. Oh, well, never mind. I'm all for it. <laughs> <laughs> We've had lots of good news already, but we always like to end every single show with some good news, a moment of joy. Arnie, what was uh, some good news for you this week? Well, I'm very excited, and this is unfortunately not Chicago-based, but available in Chicago. I'm excited that Eurovision Song Contest is this weekend. The international song, uh, well, the uh, European contest where each country submits a song, and they all compete. And it's incredibly over-the-top and fun and uh, silly, and it's kind of like... I guess it's like the Super Bowl without watching football, essentially. I am excited uh, to watch that with some friends this weekend. Do you have a country you're rooting for? Well, it seems like the country, I'm not following it super closely because I don't want to be spoiled for the finals, but it seems like, uh, maybe not surprisingly, Ukraine is the sort of country that's uh, got the most people excited about uh, what they have. Uh, I think there was one, there was a song, I believe it was Latvia, called eat your salad instead of meat i eat veggies and i like them both fresh like them both juicy i ride my bicycle to work instead of a and the performers just looked like they were dressed kind of like a combat something between the wiggles and the night of night at the roxbury guys like <laughs> together like just this strange like i cannot fully describe it and they're just sort of singing about how you should be vegetarian um in a very upbeat way although i think there were maybe some uh there were some euphemisms uh in there that were that i wasn't entirely picking up on Uh, Arnie actually shared that video with me, and uh, I think it was very good. It's a shame that they, uh, I think you said they got disqualified, right? Uh, they didn't make it past the semifinals. Didn't make it past the I, I think the. I think to Arnie's point, as wild as they were and as wonderful and sort of like joyous as the whole thing was, uh, it really needed like some people dressed up in different vegetable costumes dancing around with them to, I think, get them over that hump. To sell it, to really kind yeah. of make, make that work. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely going to check out that video uh, when we're done here and, um, you know, maybe maybe pop into the contest. It sounds like fun. Uh, Matt, what was a a moment of joy for you this week? Well, I always like a a reason to get out. And uh, I was reading about there are a lot of different tulip uh, uh, like festivals going on right now. There's one out in the kind of out in the suburbs, I think, in uh, Spring Grove. I I have to look it up. But but as I was looking through these things and being like, what am I going to say at the end? Um, I was like an excuse to go downtown too. And I, I seldom go like to like the loop anymore. Um, you know, so there's actually art on the Mart is running right now. And it's a big artistic installation that has this video projection that's up on the side of the merchandise Mart. Uh, and this year it's like all about climate change. Uh, so I'm really curious to have an excuse to go downtown and, and see like a cool art installation that's like part of a whole building. So, uh, you know, always a reason to get into the loop. 
Yeah, for sure. We've talked about Out in the Mod a couple of times. We love it here. It's, I think it's it's just very, very cool um, uh, concept. Um, you mentioned the tulips, which you can also, you know, you don't have to go out into the suburbs. You, you can actually see them in the loop. Yeah, there are lots of tulips on my block and downtown and like everywhere. It's just like a great time of year to be outside. But I was like, oh, I can also see this art, this art installation. I can't wait. Totally. Especially now that we finally have some sun. Uh, <sighs> my good news is wanted to share that Lucy Westlake, who's an 18-year-old from Naperville, who we talked to earlier this month, has completed her summit of Mount Everest this week. Uh, this makes Yeah, it's super cool. It's, it makes her the youngest American woman to, to climb Everest. Um, she has set a world record. We talked to her while she was at base camp uh, uh, on the mountain. Um, and she was talking about how, like, from her camp, she could see this, like, vertical ice wall that she had to climb <laughs> to get up there. Um, and so we're just really happy for Lucy, really excited that she, she accomplished this goal. Um, she's on her way back uh, into the into the states, and uh, she'll be back in time for her high school graduation. It looks like so. Uh, congratulations to Lucy. We're really glad to have the opportunity to to talk, and uh, hopefully, we get to check in with her um, this weekend. Yeah, that's so cool. Congratulations, Lucy. That's amazing. Congratulations. I definitely couldn't have climbed Mount Everest at eighteen or now or ever. I mean, yeah. I, I'd probably die at the base camp. Yeah, I'm just a humble lump sucker. I don't think I can quite <laughs> pull that off. Matt Young, Arnie Niekamp, co-hosts of Hello from the Magic Tavern. Thank you so much for joining us on City Cash Chicago. It was great getting to uh, talk talk the news with you. Thank you for having us on. I'm a bit, I'm a big fan of the podcast. Yeah, oh, thank you, Simone. It's been a pleasure. Before I let you go, I have to thank the people who make our music. That's Sam Thousand, All the Kimonos, and Mark Greenberg of the Mayfair Workshop. And of course, thanks to the CityCast Chicago team. That's lead producer Carrie Shepard and newsletter writer Cindy Madden. Host Jacoby Cochran is back next week. We'll talk to you Monday. Have a great weekend. But it's much better than the original uh, name they came up with, with Chicago H2O. Is that real, or did you just make that up? I'm, I, I used my years of improv training to make that <laughs> up just now. Uh, I would have called it Lake Swishigan. Ah, uh, Arnie! Oh, with the wind. <laughs>